Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Castor. Here as always with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how's it going? Hi, Adam. I'm well. I'm well. How about yourself? I'm doing well as well. That's good. I mean, you know, hoping that uh, hoping that David Quinn gets fired out of a trebuchet. <laughs> you and I both. <laughs> you, you, you and I both. And also maybe put Alfred Payton at Trebuchet, in that Trebuchet as well. Alfred Payton should never start a game as a New York Nick ever again. Um, Emmanuel Quickly is our king. He is. He's the best. He is the best. He is the absolute best. Leave it to the guy we pick at number six overall to be like, mm, yeah, yeah. As I said, as I said, by the way, when everyone, everyone came at me, nope, no. No, Obi's not great. Obi's not great. He still has a lot of time to prove his worth, but he's not great. Mr. Quickly, on the other hand, that kicking ball. Yep. That kicking ball. Floater Holy city. shit. Watch Holy out, shit. Stockton. Steve Nash. Watch out, Stockton. Watch out, Jason Kidd. Here comes Emmanuel Quickly. He's coming for all your records. Coming for all the records. For all the records. So Adam made a point that when we came, when before we came on that we just that we just happened to go into tangents when we start our episodes these days because we need filler content. There's not much really going on right now. So here's some filler content. I was on another another program the other day, the other day, right? Okay, and. I don't know how the conversation swerved to this because it was nothing related to the, the the show at all. But we started going back and we just started lit, we just started throwing out songs that were popular in like the the 2000s. And some of the songs that we came up with just right off the cuff, oh, so we got some heavy hitters. Okay. So what heavy do you, heavy hitters. What do you got? Yeah. Wait, okay. So we had the I'll I'll say the ones that I came up with. The ones that I came up with, Let Her Cry, Hootie and the Blowfish. Great tune. Fantastic tune. Uh Say It Right, Nelly Furtado. Fantastic tune, not her best. Promiscuous for Nelly Furtado. That is an anthem of the 2000s. Make that very, very clear. Yes. Uh, what else with some of the other ones? Oh, Give Me More by Britney Bitch, Britney Spears, in case you people weren't aware. A- absolute jam. Absolute jam. Not her best song, however. Not her best song because I was, I was reminded, and it's very, tr- it's very true because I had this opinion when I was 12. Toxic is – that's like uh, – that's above and beyond. That, that's just – that's a fabulous, fabulous tune. Well, that's just fascinating. I'm surprised well, there, that there are more. There are more yes. as well. But I'm surprised um, you didn't mention all of like the hip hop songs that were out around that time, and like you know the dance tracks that play that were played at bar mitzvahs across Long Island. Oh, there there were hip hop songs that were mentioned. I just can't tell you their names or who they were by because I just don't care. Fair enough. Oh, but they were mentioned. They were mentioned, not by me. Yeah, and they were they were said and and they were discussed, and I was just kind of like. <laughs> Is it, they, so Shania Twain, guys, Faith Hill. 
Yeah, I. Ooh, if I heard country music at a bar mitzvah, I'd be like, I'm in the wrong place. Oh, my bar mitzvah would have lots of country music. It would have Shania Twain playing nonstop. That's my wife. Love her. Man, I feel like a woman. That is an absolute. That's an anthem. Yep. And then you also had like, you know, uh, neophyte country with like Kelly Clarkson and stuff that were there. Would you put Carrie Underwood in, in, into there as well? I would. Okay. Yeah. As Clyde Frazier would say, the precocious neophyte. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. He, 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 in fact, would say that. <sighs> I'm trying to think what other. Oh, oh. This is one that I that I brought up. Mirrors, Justin Timberlake. Absolute bop. Yes, it's great. It's all and great. I would I would recommend I would say I would go on record and say that Mirrors is the best song that he's come out with as a solo artist. I don't want to hear any of that sexy back bullshit. <clears throat> that song sucks. <laughs> What's a lot? That song's great. Oh, it's nice to get those hips jiving. But in terms of pure content, it sucks. I mean, I guess the hook the hook is probably the only good thing about it. Yes, it is a very, very nice hook. I I, I will say. It's kind of interesting because like the when we grew up, it was late 2000s, early 2010s. So we were kind of at the crossroads between two eras of music. Yes, but I'm still I'm still stuck in like that early 2000s. Like I haven't I you know me. This rap, this, this rap crap, I can't do it. I know. It's not music. It's not music. No, it's music. It's not music. It's just a different kind of music. It's poetry. Poetry of the beat. I mean, country music is like, it's... Me agrees. Whatever. It's the one time. I'm not going to say anything disparaging about Abby because she's great. But I'm she's just going to... I'm just going to say, you know, music in itself is like poetry. But with me, but with either poetry with instruments, that's it. Just because they're not singing doesn't mean it's not music. Well, but again, it's it's not even like you know there are instruments when it comes to to, to rap crap because it's usually just like electronic. No, they're not instruments. I know you're, you're producing you're producing a beat. Well, it's listen. an art. It's an art, no doubt about it. I, I could do it. I couldn't spit two bars if you wanted me to try but for for me i me personally i just i i don't get it yeah okay it's you those beats just don't don't just come out of nowhere you know just as well as i do how hard it is to make a rap beat like that how how deep you have to go into pro tools to fuck around and and make that kind of uh that kind of music no yeah, or you can just spit into a microphone like I can do. There you go. You put it on loop. You're done. That took me all five seconds. That's a, that's a, that's some artistic cre- uh, creation right there. Nominate me for a goddamn Grammy. Whatever. Now, when you have people out there like Shania Twain, the most beautiful woman in the world, sit, spitting out some nice little songs about man you know she feels like a woman or you know she's singing about any man of mine hmm hmm that's 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 creation that is music in its finest form it's just different tastes is all you can agree to disagree hey adam 
Yes, Bird. So you think you're Brad Pitt? That don't impress me much. That's a Shania Twain reference for anybody that is that is wondering. Thank you. I was wondering. I was like, what the fuck is that? You're welcome. Don't impress me much. Shania Twain. Great song. Fabulous tune. But then we started going, and I'm not going to, you know, go on with this forever, but we started going, it's like, I don't know if you, were you an American Idol fan, Adam? Sort of. Full disclosure. When it was like at its, at its peak, peak, I guess. Yes. Like Carrie, well, Carrie Underwood. Yes, but we're talking like uh, like David Cook, David Archuleta when it was at its peak. Yeah. Yes, I think I think everybody was. Yes, I think everybody was. We're definitely was. into it, yeah. Yes. Now, now, I mean, I couldn't even tell you who the judges are. I think a judge now is is like Luke Bryan. I'm is the, I thought the show was canceled a couple of years ago. No, it was canceled, but then ABC brought it back. Oh. Yes, because ABC um, – they just need a void for content on Sunday nights, I guess. Yeah, well. Yeah, I think it's... Oh, on. I saw a fucking commercial for it the other day. Um, It was Luke Bryan. Of course, it was Ryan Seacrest, King. Um, Oh, God. It was uh, Lionel Richie was another one. Well, that's that's fun. And, um, oh, it's, 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 it's a woman. It's a Love. woman. I can't think of who it is. Love Lionel Richie. Wasn't Nicki Minaj a judge on on uh, American Idol? Maybe. Maybe. I don't think it's her. I, I thought. Well, you definitely know if it was her. Oh, oh, who's um, uh, uh, Katy Perry. Oh. Katy Perry. That's the other one. That's cool. That's the other one. Yes. So it's Katy Perry, Lionel Richie, and uh, Luke Bryan. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, my, my mom actually watches The Voice. That's that's like the new the new hotness apparently. I mean, it's got Blake Shelton on it, of course. We love Blake. <laughs> that that is a keg. I'll tell you what, one show I did watch a fair amount when I was little um, is Dancing with the Stars. Oh, what a phenomenal program! No what free advertising. A phenomenal program. And uh, you know, I'm surprised that. Travis Kelsey actually hasn't been on an episode of Dancing with the Stars. Or George oh, he Kittle. would be fabulous on it. He would be fabulous on it. I mean, you saw that how Heinz Ward basically wiped the floor with everybody when he when he was oh, on yeah. that year. Oh yeah. And even even my man my man Tom Bergeron was was just like, oh damn, oh damn, Heinz Heinz got that move. But yeah, the Heinz Ward year. He literally wiped the floor with everybody. That man's got some moves. He definitely does. And that's M-O-O-O-O-O-V-E-S. Moves. Pretty dexterous, let me tell you. Let me tell anybody you. Anybody need a clarification on the spelling? Yeah, no, exactly. Anyway, what's your quick, your one quick question for today? All right, so this basically just goes into everything that we've been talking about over the course of the last week whenever we mentioned the name Travis Kelsey. And this is an interesting one that I just kind of, I, I did come up with this. This is original, but this is more of me seeing what, what you would do in, in this situation. And I've been thinking about this answer. I don't know the answer myself. Um, I'm just going to take a side to this and, you know, I'm going I'm to write it. So would you rather – 
have Travis Kelsey at number nine overall, or you're taking a guy later as a streamer tight end. So basically the question is, Kelsey first round, streamer late round. Which way are you going and why? Um, I think I'd rather have a streamer late round just because as we saw with what we were doing with the running backs and the wide receivers, it makes more sense to get a, with the running back positions, it makes more sense to get a, you know, one of those tier one, tier two running backs at nine or 10, and then pick a a top tier receiver on the swing. And then you could wait for a tight end. I won't, I don't necessarily want a streamer per se, but you can wait for somebody like Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, Hunter Henry, um, Mike Kosicki, Robert Tunyon, John Smith, Hayden Hurts, or Hayden Hurst, Zach Ertz. Can you imagine if they fused? That'd be great. Uh, but you can wait for those later tight ends and you can still have a solid receiving core and running back core as well. So it's not like it's not an emergency. As great and incredible and unicorn-esque Travis Kelsey is, you can wait for a tight end if it means that you have a more well-rounded team. Um this might shock you. I'd rather have Travis Kelsey. Interesting. And I think it's more of me presenting the counter argument to this and saying that, yes, you are going to be behind in, in your drafts when you do, when you do take Travis Kelsey, it's just, it's the, it's the matter of the beast when you're going down this Avenue. But the way I think about it is this, let's say you do take Travis Kelsey, number nine overall, and you're in a 10 or a 12 team league. It's, if you're in a 14 team league and deeper than that, then I would probably say you just wait for your streamer just just because you know you need to be hitting on every pick in that deep of a league. But in 10 and 12 teamers, you know, you, you, there is some flexibility that you that you can have. So, if you're taking Kelsey in the first round, you're probably looking at guys such as Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders, Joe Mixon, Josh Jacobs, maybe if you get really lucky, Austin Eckler, if you get really, really, really lucky. If you're okay with any one of those guys being your starting running back, which I'm saying take a running back. I think if you take Kelsey, it's basically you're taking a wide receiver, basically. So if you like any of those guys, Jones, Mixon, Jacobs, Sanders, Eckler, if you get really lucky, then – it makes sense because then you could just wait. You can come back around. Then you could take another guy that we what we talked about, a, a, a Antonio Gibson, a Cam Akers, a James Robinson if he's there by himself, a maybe you know if you if you're going late, 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 you know in in, in the round you could take someone like a David Johnson, or you could take somebody like a Chris Carson if he's there if he falls to you in in that spot. And then all you have to do from that point on is just load up a wide receiver. And we've talked about, based on the last program, that wide receiver is so deep. It is so deep. So if you could tell me you're going to build your first three rounds with Kelsey two running backs and just start building out your receivers, then 
you're going to be totally fine. And as we've seen from this season, there are wide receivers that are always, always popping off on waiver wire. Always. So if you're short at receiver, odds are after week one or week two, you could go pick up a guy that you can have in your lineup for the rest of the season. I think a great example of that guy this year was Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson was not drafted in 100% of leagues, but by the end of the season, he was owned in 100% of leagues. That's just how good Robbie Anderson was. So there's only there, there is usually guys that pop up on waivers every single season to help mitigate the position you are short at. I will say that if you are shorter at running back than you are at receiver, it definitely is more difficult. But if you could tell me that you are starting a draft, your first three rounds, you take Kelsey and then you take a Aaron Jones and an Antonio Gibson or a Joe Mixon and a Cam Akers, I'm fine with that. To pair with Kelsey, then you just start filling out your receivers. Best receiver on your board, you take them throughout. And then you start building up your running back depth. And, you know, you you have a team that can definitely be competitive. So I think the more I look at the idea of taking Kelsey in the first round, the more I like it. It just has to be, again, a perfect draft. You know, you, you, you really can't be taking Travis Kelsey and then have your second round guy be a bust or your third round guy be a bust. You need to make sure that you hit on those guys to make sure your team is competitive because yeah, Kelsey gives you a huge advantage over everybody else. That that's fact. But at the same time, Kelsey can also leave you behind in other positions. So it's just important to understand that if you're taking Kelsey, you better have a real good idea of what you want to do beforehand for the rest of the draft. It's not something where you just take Kelsey and you say, okay, we'll see where the draft takes us. No, I, if I was someone that was taking Kelsey and I was dead set on taking Kelsey, I would want to have that all charted out to make sure that I know what I'm doing. Well, I think that's, that's like a huge question because it's like, is the upside, the security, the incredibleness of Travis Kelsey is that worth putting all the undue pressure on yourself to have a perfect draft? Well, I would say this. There are some people that would say yes, and there's some people that would say no. The no people would say that positive regression is coming, that there's no way that Travis Kelsey basically charts as a top five wide receiver again, which he was in 2020. But then there are people that say yes, that say he is the number one tight end in football. He's on the best offense in football. He's catching passes from the best quarterback in football that loves him immensely. And this is a guy that basically gets you 1,100, 1,200 yards minimum and will score minimum eight, nine, 10 touchdowns. So, he, he, again, he, I think I, I said this earlier in the week. Travis Kelsey is the white whale of fantasy football. He really is. And, you know, if if you want that, because the only way that stops Travis Kelsey, that stops Travis Kelsey, if there's an injury to him, if there's an injury to Patrick Mahomes, that's it. That's it. That That is the underlying risk. 
that is associated with taking Travis Kelsey is what happens when Kelsey does not have Mahomes. If that is even a thing, God forbid, knock on wood, that it does not happen. Other than that, I mean, we've gone through just the list of, I mean, just even look from, from this past season. How many first-round picks were taken that ended up being busts? A lot. McCaff- McCaffrey, Barkley, Zeke, uh, Kamara, no. Cook, no. Julio, that's four. Um, Adams, <sighs> no. Devontae is like four and a half. It's like four and a half because maybe some people couldn't hold on to Devontae anymore. That he missed that he missed a week or whatever or wasn't performing whatever, and they had to cut him loose in a trade, and they traded him low. I, I no, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. No, Devontae's a no. Devontae's a no. What he's am I not kidding? A, no, he's not a bust. Yeah, what am I kidding? What am I kidding? He's not a bust. Um, I'm just I'm trying to talk myself into it, and it's just not gonna happen. Um who else could we say was a uh, if you picked Joe Mixon in the first round, he was a bust. Josh Jacobs, maybe. Eckler, Eckler yeah, Eckler's a Eckler's a good one. I think I think he definitely was because some people I know, I know in one league that I was in, someone held Austin Eckler as long as they possibly could, and I think he was traded probably three or four times until he finally came back. So right then and there, you know that's that's eight guys, that's eight guys, and. Now listen, listen to this, and this is something that I, that I thought about, was if you did it based on total points for position players, and I'll I'll, I'll pull it up right now, just to make sure that we are uh, we're all on the same page here. So, if you did it based on total points for all players, for all players. Very important, very important to point that out. For all players, Travis Kelsey ranked 17 in points. If you do it now and you sort it based on flexes, Travis Kelsey was seventh in total points. The only receivers that finished above him were Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, and Devontae Adams, which is which is ridiculous. I mean, it's, that that's absurd. What I would say to people that are going to go down that avenue of, of drafting Travis Kelsey in the first round, if you think that you'll be able to get Kelsey in the second round and there's a guy in the first that you like more than Kelsey, you take the guy you like more. You don't have to have Kelsey. Nobody has to have him. But if you do take Travis Kelsey, you just better have a plan. That's all. You, you, you just better have a plan. And I understand the people that would want to go for a cheaper option at tight end. Because I'll be completely honest with you. I, we, I know we talked about this last year. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die on this hill again. The late round tight ends. There are some guys that I like a lot later in, in, in drafts. And I think we'll, uh, we'll be talking about that. Uh, I guess, you know, we could segue into that right now if if, if, if you want to. Yeah. Uh, one thing. Of, go ahead. Go ahead. One also thing about this goes into tight ends. Somebody who is like surprisingly right on Travis Kelsey's heels, Darren Waller. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. And he's Darwin not talked about enough either. Was like, give or take 40 points away from Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think the only, I think the only two, if my memory serves me correctly, I think the only two guys that were, at least when it comes to running backs and receivers, the only two guys that were ahead of Waller in terms of separation from Kelsey were DeAndre Hopkins and Calvin Ridley, correct? Yes. Wow, that's good. That's very impressive. And again, and we're, we're not even talking about Darren Waller as being a part of this conversation, which is which is kind of which is kind of crazy. Which means that you have a chance of getting Darren. You might have a chance of getting Darren Waller, and you might get like maybe three fifths of a Travis Kelsey. Yeah. I yeah, know, I mean, well, two thirds. I don't know. What about what about this now? Because if we're putting Darren Waller into this conversation of being of, you know, we're saying that Travis Kelsey is probably a first round pick. Does that mean Darren Waller is probably a late second, early third round pick? And how about George Kittle? Wh- right. Where did George Kittle factor in into this equation? That I think most yeah. people would say that George Kittle is probably better than Darren Waller. So does George Kittle get punished for being hurt last year? Or do people remember who George Kittle really is? And that's a guy that's really freaking good. You know, would you put well, basically, I, I guess we'll start here. Who would you have higher Kittle or Waller? I'd have Kittle higher. I, I do have Kittle. I can tell you that right now. I do have Kittle. Okay. So we established that. Where would you take Waller? I'd probably take Waller. Is he, would he even be here in the, in like the, Mid to third, mid to late third round or fourth, fourth, no way. Late third, probably not. I said if I was going to take him, I would want him available in the mid third, but I doubt I even get him there. So I think if you're going to take him, it's going to have to be early third, maybe, maybe late second, because so, Kittle, because yeah. George Kittle's probably going to go middle to second, right. So I think according to I have see I have George Kittle ranked a little bit lower just because just because I, I'm not you know me I'm not crazy about taking the tight ends but I do have George Kittle ranked 22nd overall I have Darren Waller ranked 28th overall according to Fantasy Pros and maybe you have it up faster than I do since I just go off of my own ranks when I uh, when we do the shows um, so George Kittle according to Fantasy Pros is 19th. Okay. And Darren Waller is 23rd. Okay. All right. So it's basically, it's a couple spots higher. So basically fantasy pros has it where George Kittle is going to be a late second round pick. Darren Waller is going to be an, an early third round pick, which, which is probably, which is probably right. Which is probably right. Right. Probably. <laughs> now, Here's this one for you, and, and this is just this is just looking at, at at fantasy pros. I don't I don't have this in my ranks at all, but 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 they do. Who would you rather have if you're in a spot in the second round? Would you take George Kittle? Would you take Patrick Mahomes? Or would you take the best available running back there, which is probably going to be if we're doing it based off of fantasy pros, DeAndre Swift or Allen Robinson? Um, that's a really tough decision. It really, really is. I think I'd rather have, what was it, either Kittle, Mahomes, Robinson, or Swift. Mm-hmm. 
based on the fantasy pros ranks of guys that are there in this range. Okay. I think I'd rather have Kittle at this point. Cause I, I would assume that I would have taken a, a running back and a wide receiver already. So well, this, this is still the second round. Oh, so this is the second round. Yeah. I th- well, I'd assume that I would have taken a running back probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think I'd rather have Kittle at this point, but it's, it is tough. It is so tough. And then would you take, would you, would you take probably Robinson or Swift in the third? Yeah. Coming back around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, me personally, I would probably, probably take Robinson. I would probably the- take Robinson. That's yeah. who I would probably take. And then if, if the guy at the turn who just took McCaffrey decides that he's going to take Kittle and Mahomes, then I would just say, you know what? I would, I would probably take Swift or I would look at other guys that are in, that are in this range uh, on my ranks. Guys like McLaurin that are here. Uh, Joe Mixon could still be around. Maybe if you, if you really, really like a guy that's going in like that round three, ish sort of area around four until you're on the clock again and you want to reach for someone like cam Akers or antonio gibson that could be a, a fine idea um well the crazy thing is right after deandre swift is our old buddy darren waller yeah yeah so it, it's a decision that people are going to have to make as to whether or not they want that elite tight end there's there's one that is the white whale and there's two that are elite and then after you get past Waller, the next guy on the list, according to Fantasy Pros, not according to me, is Mark Andrews. Darren Waller, according to Fantasy Pros, is 23rd overall. Mark Andrews, according to Fantasy Pros, is 47th. So there is a massive drop-off in terms of what you're getting out of the tight end position once you go after Darren Waller. God, it feels like 2017 all over again. It really does. It really does feel like 2017 (laughs) all over again, where if you're not taking one of the top guys, you're probably just taking a guy at the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, but really, it's not. It's a, oh, God, it's it's such a drop-off. It's like going from Mount Everest to Mount Fuji. That's the (laughs) drop-off. Jesus. (laughs) Because Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, Hunter Henry, Noah Fant, Dallas Goddard are all really good tight ends but they're not as good as three give or take generational talents at tight end. Yeah. Yeah. That, that That's right. And, you know, my whole way of thinking with this and maybe Adam, you feel somewhat similar is if you're settling on a Mark Andrews, who's going in the fifth round, right? Yep. Why wouldn't you just take Darren Waller in the third? If you really want a tight a tight end that high, well, that's the thing. I think seeing Darren Waller there at twenty third, at twenty three, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it, I'm changing my answer. I'm gonna take Kittle. I'll take Robinson or Swift, and then at the turn, you just take Darren Waller. Yeah, and I think I think it all goes back to the conversation that we had with one quick question: is if you have two running backs. And you're sitting in the third round and there's, you know, if, if you're not necessarily crazy about Allen Robinson, if you're not crazy, I, don't, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't be crazy about Allen Robinson. I think you're out of your mind if you're not, you know, if you're not crazy about uh, AJ Brown, if you're not crazy about Keenan Allen, Godwin, McLaurin, 
then you could just take Darren Waller. You could take Darren Waller and then hope in the next round you're, if you're picking in the fourth round, after you took two running backs round one, round two, that you're starting your team with someone like a, like, like an Amari Cooper, like a Robert Woods, like a DJ Moore or an Adam Thielen, you know, one of those, one of those guys that you could just pick in round four and say, okay, there's a guy that I can at least start my uh, wide receiving core around. So if you're, if you're starting a draft in four rounds with, um, let's just say, you know, you pick second overall and you take Alvin Kamara, then you go and you take a, let's just say, let's just say it's DeAndre Swift. I mean, I wouldn't do it, but let's just say it's DeAndre Swift. So you start Kamara, Swift, Waller, and then you get your hands on an Adam Thielen. That's not terrible. No, it's not. That's not terrible. Even though I'm not the biggest Swift guy in the world, it's not terrible. It's not terrible, and 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 I uh, and I like it a lot. But and I think this is a good opportunity now to to segue into looking at the tight ends that are a bit later on, and and the opposite side of the coin in terms of well, if you're not going to take Kelsey, if you're not going to take Kittle, and if you're not going to take Waller, you know. Who, who are you going to take? You know, what guys are are interesting to you? And for me, there is one guy, one guy, Adam, that I love late. I love him late. Okay. I don't know if he's going to say the same throughout the pre-draft process, but that's Irv Smith Jr. of the Minnesota Vikings. I absolutely love him late in drafts. And I could tell you why right now I have him with my tight end 16 fantasy pros. I don't know what they have him. Adam, 21. If you can look that up for me. 21. Okay. Yeah. So I have him. So I have him higher. So what I would recommend to anybody who wants to go and invest in a late round tight end, you need to look at a guy with upside. Number one, you need to look at a guy that's got other players around him and other pieces on the offense that he has that's going to make him successful. Irv Smith has all of that. He has Kirk Cousins, who, for better or for worse, is very solid in terms of producing top tier fantasy players. We've seen it in the past with Adam Thielen, we've seen it in the past with Stephon Diggs, we saw it this year with Justin Jefferson. And we may now see it with Irv Smith, given teams are going to be focused on Dalvin Cook. Teams are going to be focused on Adam Thielen. Teams are going to be focused on Justin Jefferson. Teams may not necessarily give all that massive attention to Irv Smith Jr. And he's a beast. He is a large human being. A large, large, large human being. So... What I would say to you and anybody who is interested in potentially going that Irv Smith Jr. route is if you think that you are okay with taking a guy that basically you're holding on to for five, six weeks and seeing if he pans out, that's, that's, that's what this is. That's when you take a tight end late is you're probably taking two tight ends as well. That's something else I, I didn't even mention is you're probably taking two tight ends and you're probably working with some sort of a committee. 
where right you're just playing in out in out in out you're playing you're playing that game but Irv Smith is a guy that you hold on to because he's a young guy he's got upside and he's a guy you just got to wait and see and I think you know that classic example of that last year that I definitely told you about on this podcast was TJ Hawkinson TJ Hawkinson was a guy I was very high on last year people were not necessarily thrilled with him early season and then come mid come midseason he was a top three tight end the rest of the way. So, and aside the from the generational of, talents, he probably would be. Right, right, and that's the kind of. I don't want to say that's what I think Irv Smith is going to be, but can he be that? Yes, because the impe- the, the ingredients are all there. Yep, he is a uh, six two, two hundred forty two pounds. He's a beast. Yeah, he's quite he's quite a beast. Large. Uh, Adam, do you? Do you have a late tight end that you like? Um, no, I hate all of the tight ends. <laughs> I know you do. You hate everybody. You know, man, last year I I liked Chris Herndon and he's just awful. I, I hate it. It's just, it's not great. Agreed. It's tough. I think a lot of people are going to be sleeping on your boy, Blake Jarwin. What a king. What a king. Even even Dalton Schultz. Even Dalton Schultz, I, I, I like a good amount. Yep. Definitely. Uh Cole Komet in Chicago also. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I don't know. I, I, I like that one a lot. He signed for one year or two years. Uh, he was drafted. It's a three year contract. No, no, no. Jimmy Graham. Oh, Jimmy Graham. I apologize. Um, I believe it was two. Oh. Well, I mean, Cole Komet looked really good in yeah, his, he, he looked his body work, but yeah, he, he did look really good. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if like halfway through next year, uh, Cole Komet is like a starting tight end for the Bears. Well, I mean, he, he already was playing a high percentage of snaps because with the way the Bears run their offenses, they had two tight ends on the field a ton. Right. Well, so, uh, yeah. he'll be on the field. He'll get his opportunities, no doubt. But, you know, you'll be contending with the whole Jimmy Graham nonsense. <sighs> which nobody understands. Yes. Well, it's the bears. It, it It is. It is the bears. Yes. Where's Benny when you need him? Our Chicago bears correspondent, Benny Cable. He's probably licking his wounds over, uh, over Trubisky laying an egg. Well, it wouldn't be the first time. And it probably won't be the last. Um, and here, here's also another guy that I don't think a lot of people are talking about. Granted, we don't know what the situation at quarterback is going to look like for next year, but this is a dude that, literally was he he was a must start and probably i would even say won people championships towards the end of the season that's logan thomas i mean oh, yeah. he was fantastic week 13 finished the tight end three week 14 finished the tight end 14 week 15 finished the tight end two week 16 finished as the tight end 12 so you know he was very very consistent very, very consistent. And, you know, if you're looking for a guy that could potentially give you some late round value, Logan Thomas can can definitely be that. Um, and maybe another guy started off hot and then kind of tailed off. I don't know if he was hurt. I, I think I went on this podcast and said I bet that he was. And that's John U. Smith. That's, not, that's another one that, you know, people were just so hot on. And then when he cooled off, you know, it was just like, you know, it, it was like a blizzard. You know, he it was like ice cold. Well, it was ice, a combination ice, ice cold. 
it was a combination of that and like injuries because for sure that was the whole it was a whole thing with anthony ferkser yeah yeah so for sure, for sure. Yeah. and adam I, I i think again i said it on i said it on the pod i i, I would bet that Johnu was carrying some sort of injury this season. I I would throw money on it because you just don't you don't include a guy as much as you did the first quarter of the season and then just completely abandon him like like they did. So I would I would bet that he was carrying something and they just tried to really limit him. It's like hey, it's like it's like Cole Beasley. Cole yep. Beasley played week fifteen on with a broken freaking fibula. It's impressive. That's that's insane is very insane and he he produced which i think is even which is even more nuts is that he was still putting up numbers yeah i believe the, if if, yeah. I'm not, if i'm not mistaken um i think he was the leading receiver for for the bills against the chiefs i think so if Stephon i'm not mistaken really i, I think lot, he was so yeah yeah i, I i'm pretty sure it, it was cole beasley so you know, and back back to you know Logan Thomas. The thing with Logan Thomas that kind of scares me is, you know, if Alex Smith is not there, then I'm a little nervous, a little bit, you know, in regards to to taking Logan Thomas. I mean, I've even heard, and and this is like, you know, definitely, you know, I'm not I'm not necessarily, you know, 100% sold on this, but I've even whole I've even heard that. There are whispers going on right now that the Washington football team could be bringing in Cam Newton. Ooh. And it makes sense. It makes it a ton make of sense. sense. Where if you bring him in as an insurance policy to Alex Smith, he could be a great backup. Ron Rivera gave Cam Newton the best years of his career. And if Alex Smith is not there, then guess what? Cam Newton's the starter for for Washington. Now, I don't know how fantasy managers would feel about that because we all have a either a very hot or a very cold relationship when it comes to, to Cam Newton. I, for one, have a very hot relationship with Cam Newton. He has won me a championship before. So, Cameron, thank you very much, sir. So, I mean, I think it really just depends on who the starting quarterback is for Washington and, you know, does it make Logan Thomas viable in in fantasy and you know as of right now I, I think he he does granted there's a lot of things that can happen between now and May and then we'll have to definitely revisit this in uh in May and I think that's that's something else that I don't think we we talk about enough is when to really start looking into fantasy and yes we're doing a podcast about it we're going to be doing podcasts throughout the offseason about it we're basically and this is not just us this this is an industry this is an industry sort of deal it most certainly is we're making reflections we're looking back on what was and we're trying to hypothesize things that are going to happen in the future but we don't know what's going to happen i'm putting these rankings together and i can guarantee you these ranks are not going to stay the same in may well, I can mainly because promise you that mainly because the three letters next to a lot of the players are going to be different come May. Bingo, bingo. And then you have other guys that come in via the NFL draft. So the, the point that I'm making is 
And I think I've also said this before. We're just going back and we're just, you know, we're going to find the tape on all of this. The best time to really start digging deep is in May. After the draft. After the draft is over. After free agency's done. And we all have an idea of what the teams are going to look like. That is when you start doing the deep, deep dive. But for now, you're doing your homework. You're doing what you're supposed to do. You're listening to the podcast. You're starting to formulate ideas in your head. You're starting to really get a grasp as to what you want to do for next year that differs what you did this year. If you won a championship this year, how did you win a championship this year? What were some of the key components that helped you win a championship this year? If you did not win a championship this year, it's how come I didn't win a championship this year? What didn't I do or what did I do that prevented me from winning a championship where I thought I should have won a championship? Was it your pre-draft strategy was not great? Was it certain moves you made during the season? Was it giving up on guys too early, giving up on guys too late, not being involved in waivers as you wanted to be, making silly trades, things like that, and just taking these experiences that you that we've all gone through over the course of the last four months together and learning about them and formulating your own ideas and your own thoughts in your head about how you can improve for next year. And the best time to do that and have that period of reflection, which is what the industry is doing now for every podcast out there, not just this one, is right now between January and April. This is the time for you to rest. This is the time for you to relax. This is the time for you to, you know, not necessarily put the books away, but, you know, start getting the juices flowing. But then once the draft ends, it's time. It's time to start going hard on the ranks, hard on the mock drafts, hard on looking at articles that are out there. And there are tons of sites that put out articles Every single, every single day, a lot of good sites as well. That's when you just start really getting invested into the fantasy season that's to come in, in, in the year of our Lord 2021. Yeah, I think that one thing just to reiterate is that we shouldn't necessarily take what we say as gospel no. all the time, Mm-mm. especially right now, because there's so much, there's so much unknown. I would say this. That what we're doing right now is it's just not definitive. Getting, yes, it's getting you to start thinking about things, getting you to think about the tight end position, getting you to start thinking about the wide receivers, the running backs, quarterbacks, etc. Start getting you to get in that mindset of guys that potentially have interest. Like you hear the name Logan Thomas, or you hear the name Robert Tunyon, or you hear the name John U. Smith, and automatically go, you know, bam, light bulb. You know, that's a guy that I want. It, it, it sits in your head and, you know, thinks about it. And I can tell you, this is not the last time we're going to be doing this. This is not the last time we're going to be talking about rankings. It's not the last time we're going to be talking about, you know, just players in general. We're going to be doing this all off season, And it's just formulating things. It's coming up with, you know, new ideas, doing mocks, getting you, the listeners, in the very best position where when we get into May, And we start going deep into conversations and deep into rankings and really getting so heavy on the 2021 train with all the content that will be coming your way that you're ready for it. And it's not just like, you know, you listen to the podcast and it's the first time that you've heard 
me say that I like Logan Thomas, a top 12 tight end, you know, it's not, it's not a big shock. Right. Exactly. I mean, this is, this is basically your SAT, ACT test prep. That's what you're doing. You're going to class. You're, you're going to class. Yes. You're going, you're going to, you're going to class with professor bird and professor Gaster studying for the test. That is your fantasy football drafts. Professor Gaster, he's a radio professional who attended Hofstra University, has multiple degrees. He is a member of the 1%. He gets emails from the Associated Press every single day. And now he can add Dr. Caster. Dr. Caster? Dr. Caster, yes. PhD. You know, it's a crime to impersonate a doctor. Well, you are not impersonating a doctor because you are a doctor. You are Dr. Caster. Is that a PhD certificate I've seen you all behind you? I knew it. I knew you were keeping something from me all these years. No, actually, they're pictures of me as a baby. Most of them. <sighs> Shit. Yeah. They're baby. Oh, I are... knew it. I knew it. That is a PhD certificate. You're just hiding it underneath your baby pictures. Unbelievable. I can see the New York State seal behind you. I think that's my name surrounded by balloons. That's nope. part of the I... picture frame. I could see it. I could see it. No need to lie to me. Well, I wish I was. I, I figured you out, Caster. Because it is very embarrassing that my pit, that my baby pictures are right over there, but Thankfully, nobody can see them. Adam Caster is a fraud for all this time. He has not, he has not mentioned that he is a doctor. Wait, if you're, but if you're a doctor, how come you're here and you're not working out on the front lines with COVID? Because I'm not a doctor. You should be out saving the world. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. Well, that'd be Adam great. Caster, radio professional, out there saving the world, member of the 1%, gets emails from the Associated Press. I hate you so much. <laughs> Would you like to use a bird buck? No. <laughs> Can't undo what you just did. I mean, you can. <laughs> the no. magic wand is in your hand, Adam. Not good. No. The it's Ticonderoga over. with the brand new eraser. It's in your hand. You could do whatever you want. It's fine. Okay. I'll live. Okay. Still, I hope I don't get arrested for impersonating a doctor. You will not. You will not. If you do, I have some great attorneys. We will fight these charges. Anyway, is there anything else you want to say before we close out here? Uh, I can get my top 12 tight ends. Okay, let's do that. I mean, I haven't done that yet. Um, So, number 12, I told you about it just now. Logan Thomas, tight end for the Washington football team. Number 11, I'm going to incite some uh, ire of, of angry New York Giants fans. I'm going with Evan Ingram. Number 10, I'm going with Robert Tunyon, the tight end for the Green Bay Packers. Numero nueve, number nine, Mike Gesicki, tight end for the Miami Dolphins. Number eight, I'm going with Hunter Henry, former tight end of the Los Angeles Chargers, who's about to be a free agent. So oh, there'll, there'll be some, some movement on Hunter Henry um, when we uh, – Will we get an idea of where he is going to go? And no, Adam, I do not have the inside track as to where Hunter Henry is going to sign. I'll is have it, to con. I'll have to contact Hunter. Is it is it the sort? Can you tell him to sign with the Jets? We need a tight end. I'll try and tell him that if he wants to come see his best buddy, he could sign with the New York Jets, so he could be best friends forever. Yeah, exactly. Uh, number seven, I am going with Dallas Goddard, tight end for the Philadelphia Eagles. Number six, I'm going with Noah Fant, tight end for the Denver Broncos. 
five, Mark Andrews, tight end for the Baltimore Ravens. Number four, TJ Hawkinson, tight end for the Detroit Lions. Number three, Darren Waller, tight end for the Las Vegas Raiders. Number two, George Kittle, tight end for the San Francisco 49ers. And number one, Jonu Smith, tight end for the Tennessee Titans. Just kidding. Travis oh my Kelsey, God. tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think I know you too well because I knew that you were going to try and plant like some sort of red herring thing there. Be like, oh, yeah, number one is Tyler Higby. If people are still listening to the podcast, thank you so much for staying tuned. <laughs> some people probably just heard number one, John, and probably just turned it off. It's like the fucking Obi-Wan Chris. I heard that millions of voices screaming in the distance. All, si- all suddenly silenced. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, any any questions? Any gripes? Um, I have no gripes. I have any no hate gripes. mail that you have for me? I think that's interesting because uh, Fantasy Pros, just comparing, contrasting, Fantasy Pros has John U. Smith at number 12, and they have Logan Thomas mm. at 15. Very interesting. Very interesting. So, I do have Jonu in my top 15. He is my number 14 ranked tight end for what it's worth. And in case you are wondering as to who number 13 is, was that was that a question that you were about to throw at me? Yes. It is Zach Ertz. Okay. Zach, Zach Ertz, Ertz is 13. Who do they have as 13? By, by, is it Hayden Hurst? It is Hayden Hurst. Okay. Yeah. Hayden Hurst, I have at 16. Okay. Yeah. I'm surprised. I think, actually. I think listen, yeah. I think I think Hayden Hurst could be really good because we've seen tight ends be very successful under Arthur Smith before, namely last season, a guy named John Smith. Never heard of him. And Michael Pruitt and Anthony Ferkser. Yeah. So you know, we'll see. We will definitely see. Obviously, subject to change as as per usual. That's how it goes with these rankings and all oh. of these rankings. Always. Um especially with players where it's not, it might not just be them that are moving, but it's also the players around them that could be moving. I mean, if Hayden Hurst gets somehow paired up with Jimmy Garoppolo, if they do a trade like that with the 49ers and the Falcons, I think Hayden Hurst would probably be up in a lot of people's rankings. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think he's really good. He's really good. I just think the problem is that, you know, where he is, is, you know, he kind of reminds me of Irv Smith in, in, in a lot of ways, that he's kind of in a situation where, you know, there's Calvin Ridley there, there's Julio Jones there. If they bring in Aaron Jones, let's say, you know, that's that's three guys right there that are going to take away a lot of opportunity for, for Aiden Hurst. And you're just hoping that, you know, he does get the opportunity to show that he can be uh, one of the guys in that offense that can definitely pull their own weight. Right, exactly. I mean, even Matt Ryan's love of tight ends couldn't really save him too much uh, last season. Yeah, well, I mean, look at look at how Calvin Ridley was. Calvin Ridley was just on another level. Exactly, exactly. He was on another level good. Yep. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes of not only the Fantasy Show, but also the Basement Talk Podcast, the Quizvitational, which I believe we're going to be having this week. Correct. Uh, next week. Next week. Next week. Next week. Quizvitational is going to be recorded on Wednesday and will probably be released on Friday. All right. Well, that is very exciting. 
Yes, sir. You can also listen, you can listen to the Quisitational, and then you can also listen to the Basement Talk podcast debates, and that is all on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. And there you go. Listen, you would say five star review, whatever you whatever you need to do to let us know your feedback on all of our shows, because we any and all feedback is appreciated. Of course, of course. Yeah. And thank you for listening as usual. Yes, thank you for listening as usual. For my co-host, Ed Birdsall, I am Adam Caster, and we will talk to you next time on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Welcome to Arsenal. Martin Udegaard. Great guy. Love him. Also, also, before we go, Mm -hmm. mock draft next week. Mock draft next week. Yes, that is absolutely happening. Uh, Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Bye-bye.